0: Welcome to church at home. We're so glad that you decided to worship with us today can I tell you, as you tune in today, I believe that God is gonna meet you in a very, very special way because church is so much more than a Sunday gathering. It's a place of community and relationships and caring. It's where God's presence meets us right where we are. And I just wanna invite you, if you're new to our church, to maybe check out the website, to get plugged in in social media, find a small group that you can connect with people in between Sundays, because if this is all new to you and maybe you've been feeling lonely I wanna tell you Psalm 68, five and six says it very, very clearly that God sets the lonely in families and he's brought you to us. He puts you in our family on purpose and can't wait for the day that we can hug. I can't wait for the day that we can connect. Here's what I know. You'll plug in now via social media, via next steps, or finding a small group. When we start to gather on Sundays, you're gonna feel, man, like this is already home. And what an exciting time that will be. Can I tell you too, there's lots of discussion about when are we going to be able to get back and actually physically meet together. And the answer, the answer really is we don't know. We don't have a firm date. So what we're doing as a team and as a church is just remaining flexible. Because listen, the church is thriving right now. We're serving. We're giving, we're loving our community. The church is thriving in this season. And so I just want you to know that we're okay. The church space is okay. What's really suffering is the workplace. And so I don't wanna do anything as a church environment that would actually harm the workplace from coming back. And so we're gonna do everything we can prayerfully with wisdom and with prudence to make sure, to make sure that when we come back, we don't, you know, we don't push the virus forward. No, no, we actually pull it back and we're ready to meet together. And so just just stay prayerful in this season, stay focused. And I believe that we're gonna get back together really, really soon. I just need you to hear this. I think about you every single day. It's barely an hour that goes by that I don't think about you. Listen, I love you. I love what God is doing in our hearts. I don't love the current circumstance, but I know that God is moving He is working with us right right where we are right now. I also thought today in the midst of all this seriousness that maybe we would start today's message with just a little bit of fun. That maybe we would laugh. And so I got a a few funny things to tell you just about this coronavirus pandemic that we're in. And I want to tell you a corona joke right now. Just a coronavirus joke right now. But you're going to have to wait probably two weeks to figure out if you got it. That one's not funny, but the, the others are way better, I promise, okay? This morning, this morning, I actually saw a neighbor talking to her cat, and it was obvious she thought her cat understood her, and I came into the house, and I told my dog, and we laughed about it. <laughs> Homeschooling, I don't know how this has been going for you, but homeschooling's going really well. Two students were suspended for fighting in my home, and one teacher was fired for drinking on the job. Can you believe that? Day five of homeschooling, we thought everything was gonna be fine, but then one of the little monsters in our home, they called in a bomb threat. Crazy. Day six, we came back homeschooling. My child just said, listen, I hope I don't have the same teacher next year. And can I tell you, that hurts because they're talking about my wife. They're not talking about me. They're talking about her. It's just terrible. I do also have a public service announcement for every one of you who's really enjoying this season with lots of eating. Here's the announcement. Every few days, you should try your jeans on just to make sure they fit because pajamas, they'll lie to you. They'll have you believing that all is well in the kingdom when it's not so well. I also saw someone this week. They said, listen, so after this quarantine, will the producers of my 600-pound life just find me? Or do I have to find them? (laughs) Hopefully you're not going to make it on that show. But I just wanted to give you a little bit to laugh at, maybe the smile in your living room. I want you to grab your phone or grab something to write with. Take some notes because we're going to jump into part three of God's plan for your life. A few weeks back, if you've missed any of the messages, all are archived. The worship is archived as well. You can go back and watch those messages. But a few weeks ago, we launched this series simply titled God's Plan, because the question we've been asking in this season is, does God have a plan in the middle of this? Or is God just winging it? And so in week one, we talked about the fact that God is not winging it. No, 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 that God wants us to discover his plan. Last week, the second week of the series, we talked about in this series making sure that we don't grow weary, but rather we grow well while we have this time. Our key verse for the series is Psalm thirty three eleven. It's going to be on screen. Want you read it out loud right there in your living room? It says, "The plans of the Lord stand firm forever." the purposes of his heart through all generations. So God began something, he has a plan, he has a purpose and he is carrying it forth in every single generation. And you and I, we were not born in a generation that's devoid of God. No, no, we are in a generation where God is working, where God is moving in our lives. And so we believe that his plans are good and that his purposes are good. And so we're just trying to discover them to build ourselves up to follow God. Now, today's message is all about building myself, building myself and you building yourself for God's purpose, say pastor did you just say building myself I, I thought god was building me yes god has a purpose for your life but i want to talk to you about your part in building yourself for god's purpose god is always doing his part in our lives he's always moving he's always he's always caring he's always carrying forth his word the challenge is for you and i to do our part in the process and see, I believe, I believe that God has a special plan for every one of us. And I believe that we have to build with God in order to see that plan come into fruition in our lives. God has given every single one of us choices and we aren't getting any participation awards, okay? This is not bitty basketball, okay? This isn't little league baseball, no, no. This is, we've gotta go all out for God in order for God to do great things in our lives. God has given us choices and we have to build carefully in this season. In the Old Testament of your Bible, God actually used a physical temple that was built with human hands, but it was based upon a heavenly archetype. So it was based upon something that God is drawing us to in heaven. Both that heavenly archetype and the earthly temple that we see in the Old Testament, they were built to represent our relationship with God. They were supposed to be physical pictures of what it would be like to be near God and actually have a real relationship with him. And so as you study the Old Testament temples, each part of the temple and each part of the tabernacle represent a a part of our connection to God and what it should look like. And so God is wanting to build us into his people. The apostle Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Says, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. You are God's building. And by the grace God has given me, the, the apostle Paul said, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And he says, and you and someone else, so you're that someone else, is building on it. So Paul said, I came and brought in the foundation of the temple of God. You're that foundation, and now you're gonna have to build on it. He said, but each one, each one should build with care. Would you say those three words with me? Come on, each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day, the judgment day, notice it's capitalized, the day will bring it. To light, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And so, what we're saying, and what the Apostle Paul is saying, listen: God, God has laid a foundation. The Apostle Paul laid the foundation of Jesus, and now we're building our lives on that foundation. And one day, God is going to test what we built, and it's important that we built quality things in our lives that we built in a way that's honoring to God. He said, listen, it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Can't wait for that day. He said, if it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. So he's not saying, listen, if you don't do this well, you're not gonna make it into heaven. He's talking about how you make it into heaven. He's talking about a heavenly reward. And listen, I love this, that I can believe in Jesus and I can make it into heaven, but I can also build my life in such a way that I make it into heaven with greater reward. I don't wanna just squeak my way into heaven. I don't know about you. I don't wanna just kind of barely get in. No, no, I wanna go all out and make it with all the blessing that God will have. He said, listen, if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? The apostle Paul is talking about how important it is for you and I, for you and I, to recognize that we have to build ourselves into a meaningful relationship with God that is also filled with the purpose of God. Now, many people are confused about God's purpose. Whenever you mention God's purpose, it's kind of like, that sounds exciting to me, like everything is on purpose, sounds exciting, but all of a sudden there seems to be some confusion. And if I asked you, do you know your purpose? Statistics tell me that nearly 90% of people do not know why they exist on this earth. And what is crazy, that almost same exact number exists inside the church. When you ask people who follow Jesus, oh, why, why, you know, what is my purpose? Why are you here? What on earth are you here for? Nine out of 10 still seem to not understand it. Now I'll tell you this, if you've been a part of One Hope Church for any time, you know I talk about this very often and I believe that you're already overachieving in this area. But every once in a while as our church grows and as as new people are walking in, they have to discover that God has a purpose and a plan for their lives. If I asked I believe that some would have a a different answer. I believe this is how we answer it most often in our culture. Come on, take take some notes from me, jot these reasons why most people don't know their purpose. Here's the first, most people are just unaware. They would say, I'm unaware of what God is actually doing. I'm not even aware of what he wants to do in the future. But here's what I, I also need you to see. There's a longing in each of us, but we're just unaware of the answer. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we have come to believe that Jesus is the answer. And so, what we're doing is we're making people aware everywhere we turn. Here's the second reason jot it down with me, and that is it just really seems complicated. I think some of the smart kids, you remember the smart kids when you were going to school, the straight A students, the the valedictorians, that when they would start talking about things, it just, it got more complicated. I think that's what happened with theology. Some of those valedictorians got in those theological classes and now they're talking about the big things and, and, you know, the great things of God and it just, it seems too big and it's gotten so complicated, one of the things I love to say around here that when, when someone's drowning, they don't need the Greek term for life raft. They just want you to throw them one. They just, they just need you to get help to them and fast. And so I think we've complicated it way too much. Here's a third reason a lot of people really aren't living out God's purpose for their life, and that is is they're just too busy. Man, busyness has taken over so many of our lives, and we've kind of become careless with our time. and. Maybe this is happening to you uh, even before this pandemic. You're just so busy in life and trying to, trying to keep everything in a row. And, and now the pandemic is here and you've got more time than you ever had before. And, and now it's not just busyness, it's kind of this carelessness of like, you know, I'm going to sleep till I'm finished. And that's good for a few days. But I think this busyness and this carelessness is taking us away and really distracting us from God's purpose in this time. Here's the next reason uh, when asked, why, why, you know, why don't you live out your purpose? Some people just say, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do it. And, and I think it's because some of us have in our mind that we have to look a certain way. We have to have, a, you know, we have to be perfect. We've got to have it all figured out. I'm just not ready. And we feel unfit for the task. But can I just tell you, if you're going to wait till you feel ready, you're never going to do anything. Man, the the first time I I shared with anybody about my faith, I wasn't ready. And I I probably said some things that were wrong. But you know what I had? I had honesty. I had authenticity. I had passion. And they recognized that more than they cared about that I said everything correctly. So you're not going to have it all together before you do it. You're going to have to work through it in your mind and just say, you know what? I'm going to give it my best shot. Here's the last reason I think a lot of people have missed God's purpose for their life and I think it's because they feel unworthy. Listen, every one of us has moments where we just don't feel worthy to the task, that we don't feel up for it, that we just kind of feel overwhelmed in the circumstance. But I I need you to hear this. The enemy, he's a professional at bringing these kinds of lies to our minds. So, you know, know, why why are you the one preaching? Or why are you the one sharing? Why are you the one? And listen, you know why you are the one? Because God chose you to be the one. See, see it's, it's not about being worthy because in and of ourselves, we, we're never gonna be worthy or good enough. But see, when God comes into our lives, the Bible tells us that he makes us into what God intended us to be. His grace lifts us. Romans 5 says it's the grace of God wherein you and I stand. So I don't stand in my worthiness. I don't stand in my goodness or my perfection. No, I stand in the grace of God. And what we have to get better at doing is pushing back the lie of the enemy. Many, many years ago, as I was kind of beginning this faith journey and really beginning my relationship with God, and I really sensed very early in my my faith that God was calling me into the ministry. And you may say, "Well, well, that was probably easy. Your dad was a pastor. Yes, my dad is still pastoring, still loving people right here in our very church. He's caring for many in need even now. Yeah, it was easy for me to look, but you know, the church was also a sore spot for me. Being the preacher's kid, it was always this microscope. Everybody was looking into my life and and trying to make sure that I did the right things. And can I just tell you that that everybody's kids still need Jesus, including mine, all right? None of us are perfect, and I wasn't perfect back then. But as I was becoming a young adult, I started sensing that God's purpose for my life was to preach the gospel and to lead others to a dynamic relationship with him. One of the things we did back in those days was to take people to youth camps. I don't know if you've ever been to old school youth camp. It was like five days. We would go to some of the worst places. And I mean, like, it was like hard sleeping, craziness, trying to wrangle teenagers. Man, it was a wild time. And I remember going to one of these youth camps with my dad. And my dad was there because I was new to the ministry. He had been preaching for many, many years. He was there to kind of make sure that everything was okay. And I was the new kid on the block and trying to figure it out. Went to this particular service and uh, the speaker that night was really moved by God that we were going to pray for every student in the room that wanted to be prayed for. That literally we're going to invite them down to the front. We were going to lay hands on them the way the Bible describes. And we're going to pray for them that God would meet them. And so I kinda just I was just obedient and I said, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk down front like everybody walked down front and I'm gonna face the crowd and I'll be there when the first kid comes up to get prayed for. I, I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And so the first kid walked up to me and, and you know he wants prayer. And so what I did is I looked down the line and I wanted to see what the other youth pastors were doing. And so the, the first, I looked to the right and the first guy, he put his arm out on the, on the shoulder of the student's eyes. I looked down and i like, okay, I'll put your arm on the shoulder, that's what I'm gonna do. And, and then I went to this side and I noticed the next guy, he was, he was getting like fired up and he started putting his hand on the kid's forehead. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt so incompetent and I was just looking side to side trying to do what everybody else was doing. And right in the middle of this prayer time, I finished praying for this kid. I don't even know what I said. I don't even remember if it was good. It probably wasn't a good prayer if there are bad prayers. Okay, I think probably all prayers are good. But in that moment, I think my prayer really wasn't great. And I literally bolted. I walked right out of the service, went back to the dorm. And this is where I'm really thankful for other men of God who love me because when you have questions about your purpose and you have questions about the future of your life and you have questions about how you're going to kind of step into what God has called you to do, how are you gonna build your life in a way that's honoring to God? Uh, you need other men and women of God who will come and find you when you run. I was back in the bunk room, I was laying on the bunk and I was just, I was just feeling so unworthy, so unfit I just, God, I'm not, I can't do this. My pastor walked in and he sat next to the bed with me and he began to talk to me about the fact that I was never gonna be worthy of God's calling, that I was never in and of myself gonna have some ability. All I had to be was a conduit. All I had to be was someone who was willing to allow God to work through them. And he said, listen, there's no power in your hands. There's power in God. And all you are is a touch point for someone else to plug into what God wants for their lives. That one conversation changed the trajectory of my life. And I walked back into that room and I still felt a little uneasy. I still felt like I didn't know what I was doing, but I just began to pray. And it was amazing, kid after kid after kid, how God began to speak to me and he began to speak through me, and he began to touch students in that room. And it was that day that I really discovered that my purpose wasn't a title, that my purpose wasn't a position, that my purpose, my purpose was to, to convey God to other people, to, to just be a mouthpiece, to, to be an example to others to the best of my ability. And today, what I want you to understand is that God has that same purpose for you. Whether you're the CEO of a company, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whether you're a manager, whether whether, uh, it doesn't really matter what position you have in this life or what the title is, ultimately, God has a purpose in that place for you to make a difference. The question really is, will you build yourself? Will you work with God to fulfill the purpose of God on this earth? If I bring you back to the very first scripture I read you, Psalm 33 and 11 says that the plans of the Lord stand firm and his purposes throughout all generations. Told you that God has a plan, he has a purpose, he hasn't left this generation out. The second verse I read you is from 1 Corinthians and the Apostle Paul, he describes you and I four different ways in the passage. What I want to help you to do very practically with the remaining time in our message is to help you to understand how God is actually building you. Here's the first way that the Apostle Paul described you and I. He described us as God's building. See, you're what God is building. And the foundation of humanity, the foundation of your life and my life really is so important. See, God's building represents, write it down with me, God's building represents the foundation of relationships and connectedness in our lives. See, the foundation of God's purpose and God's calling in our life really is our connection to him. And so when Jesus showed up, he quickly said, listen, I need you to understand that God's not in the building, you're the building. Listen, Langston Hughes Academy, where we are having church when we can have church in person. Langston Hughes Academy. Listen, God isn't in cinder block buildings. God is in people. And the apostle Paul said, I need you to see that you're God's building. He's he's building you up into the person he wants you and I to be. But that building has to be based upon a connectedness and a relationship with him. That's why Jesus in Matthew chapter seven said this. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, come on, read these words. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came. Come on. The coronavirus came down. The streams rose and the winds blew and they beat against the house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because its foundation was on the rock. See, our foundation is on the rock of Jesus Christ. Our building, our lives, we are built on our relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you build who you are on who he says he is and what he does, when all of this goes crazy, you can be resolute and strong in the storm. You can make it through. Ephesians 4 and 16 says it this way it says from him from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work we, we grow up together we're building us so here's the action step come on write it down we need to connect with God and others every every single day I, I need you to get this in your heart That whether you're using FaceTime or Zoom or whether you're texting or physically calling or you're driving by for one of these birthday drive-bys or, you know, the birthday parades that are happening all over the city. Whether you're, no matter how you're doing it, you need to connect daily in order to build a healthy foundation. The second way that the Apostle Paul described you and I, he said, listen, I, I need you to see yourself as God's field. You and I are God's field and like a master farmer, God is working in his fields. Every farmer, every farmer knows the boundaries of their field. They know where, where they can go, where they can't go. And every farmer, if they're a good farmer, they know how to till the soil and pull the weeds. They they know how to pull everything out that doesn't belong. They they know how to plant seed at the right time and then how to harvest that seed. It's a good reminder for you and I, that God is working in the field of our lives. And so yes, he's saving us, but he's building us and he's still working on us. This is a great reminder in this season. Jeremiah 29 and and 11 says that we know the plans. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you and plans to give you a hope and a future. See, God's got great plans for you. So what we need to do, what we need to do is we need to recognize, and this is what God's field really brings to our lives. It helps us to understand that structure and routine is what we need. See, a field, it has boundaries, It has structure when we're going to pull and till the ground and when we're going to plant and harvest the seed. There are routines. And if you're going to build a healthy Christian life in this season, you're going to have to build some routines and some structures. You're going to have to get back to God's blueprint for your life, which is found in the Bible. You're going to have to get back to reading the Bible and praying and taking care of your life because everything in God's field will be developed with God. Here's the action step. Action step is to discover your purpose and to make a difference with your life. You need to go on the journey. If you haven't taken next steps with one hope, you can join us today at 1145. And the journey, the journey is all about helping you to discover how God has designed you for a particular destiny and purpose. And rather than telling you to go do something, we wanna help you to discover what God has already placed inside of you. Listen, you're God's building, you're God's field. And the Apostle Paul says, number three, you're God's temple. Now, this is a big one because what he's saying is God's temple is where God actually lives. As God's temple, write it down with me, as God's temple, we discover the beauty and the joy of living a godly life. We we, we begin to realize that we're so close to God that everywhere we are, God is with us. Some of you have been saying over and over in your mind that you feel lonely, you feel overwhelmed, you maybe even feel discouraged in this season. I need you to hear this today. You're not alone. God is with you. He's with you right now. Not only is God with you, but God has placed a family around you. And if you're feeling alone, now's the moment to cry out to God and to call on the people of God to show up for you. Because he says, you're God's temple. You're where his spirit is dwelling. I even love how the Apostle Paul, he takes it up a notch in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, listen, don't, don't be drunk with wine. This is, this is a good encouragement right now during this pandemic. Considering that alcohol sales have gone up 258% in our nation right now, some of you need to be reminded that you might need to slow down a little bit. He said, listen, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, instead do what? Be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. He said, I want you to discover what it's like to be filled with the presence of God. Jude describes it this way. He says, you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the action step. Here's the action step. I want you to fill your life with godly things. God's building needs a foundation. That foundation is our relationship to Jesus. God's field needs routine and structure so that things should be planted and things should be harvested and something should be taken out. God's temple needs to be filled with God. And so you need to worship, you need to pray, you need to read the word. And here's number four. We need to recognize, as Paul said, you and I are co-workers in God's service. You and I were co-workers in God's service. So we need to recognize that what I'm a part of is actually bigger than the part I play. See, what you can't see right now is that there are lots of people who are working behind the scenes to make sure that we can deliver God's word to you. And I recognize that I play a very small part in what God is doing in our church. Yeah, I get to be a visible part and that seems fun to some, but can I tell you, it's challenging on some days. See, I've come to realize that my part, my part is just a small part of the bigger thing that God is doing in our world. And if you'll realize that if you'll build yourself up with God for the purpose of God, you'll begin to sense fulfillment and grace. You'll begin to sense that God has, he has called you for such a time as this. The Old Testament in Exodus chapter 35 when they were constructing the very first tabernacle. I want to read you just a few verses because I believe it's a beautiful picture of what God wants to really show us today. It says in Exodus 35 and verse 30, then Moses said to the people of God, the Israelites, see the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri. He chose someone, the son of her, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding with knowledge and with all kinds of skills, he did it to make artistic designs for work in gold and silver and bronze, to cut and to set stones to work in wood and to engage in all the kinds of artistic crafts. He not only chose him to do this, not only gave him the wisdom to do it but he says he inspired him to To teach other people, both him and Aholiab, the son of Ahissamach. Come on, say that one three times, right? He said, listen, of the tribe of Dan, so Bezalel and Aholiab, they they were skilled and they they went to work because the Lord had given them the skill and the ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the church. He gave them the ability to put the sanctuary together just as the Lord had commanded And then Moses summoned them and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given the ability and every person who was willing to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had, all the offerings that they had brought to carry out the work of constructing the church. See, in the Old Testament, as I began the message, I told you it's a picture of what God wants us to know today. And that very simple passage says that God chose them, that God filled them, that God inspired them, and they were willing, they were willing to build with God. Today, I need you to remember that we're in this together. That if you're willing to go on this journey with God, he's already picked you. That's why you're watching right now. He's already chosen you. He's drawing you into this relationship so that you can grow and follow him in this time. All it takes, all it takes is for you to choose him and to follow him. Today, I wanna help you to make that decision as we close. Would you bow with me in prayer right where you are? With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're far from God, if you've been trying to figure this all out on your own, can I invite you today to a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus. that's you, would you whisper this prayer? I'm gonna say these words right after me. Lord Jesus, I'm giving you my life and I'm asking you to be my Lord and my savior. God, would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me for trying to live this life on my own? And God, would you give me the power to follow you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name. Just a moment longer, would you stay focused on prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're giving us grace in the season to build ourselves up in a most holy faith. God, you're giving us grace to become the men and women you have called us to be. And God, I just thank you that as you're working in us, that we get to be co-workers with you. And God, we look forward to seeing all that you build, all the good things that you bring into our lives for your glory and for your honor today, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. We all said amen together. Amen and amen. If you made that decision, I wanna help you to take some next steps. We have a Next Steps Zoom call that you can jump on at 1145 today to make it easy for you to connect. You can find small groups online, but most importantly, I'd love for you just to text my decision to 94253. If you take a moment, come on, just grab your, grab your phone, text my decision to 94253. And when you text that, we're going to send you a link. It'll be a simple connection card to make it easy for you to connect, easy for you to take some next steps in your faith. And even this week, I'll mail you a letter saying, hey, this is how you can get connected. Here's how you can find your way. This is also a great time to fill out the connection card or the prayer request right there on the homepage. If you'd like us to pray with you and like us to connect with you in this season, I also want to remind you to stay tuned for daily updates via text, email, and social media. We're going to be letting you know as quickly as we can. As soon as we know when we're going to be able to gather in person together again, we'll be sending that message out to you. I also want to invite you to to just follow along because there are daily prayer moments, there are daily encouragement there. We've got lots of help for you online. Also, if you need food, if you're in a financial situation where it's feeling overwhelming right now, I want to invite you just to email help at onehopechurch.com and we will get your information and we will send help on your behalf and the church will come and be there with you in this time also just want to say a big, big thank you for all of your generosity. Listen, we're doing all that we can to mobilize finances to make a difference. And today, if you'd like to give, if you'd like to be a part of how we're making a difference, you can give online at onehopechurch.com or you can text to give at the number on your screen. Also, as we close today, this message has encouraged you. Please invite someone, please share it with someone. Let them know that God is, going, God is moving through this church environment. I think when you invite them, you're gonna be a light and encouragement to them to experience God's presence. As we go today, I wanna pray over our finances. I wanna pray over you. Let's pray together and then we'll close. Heavenly Father, as we give online and as we text to give, as we serve in our community, and as we build ourselves up into the people you've called us to be, God, I pray that this season more than ever, we would sense your grace and your strength to live this life. And God, we look forward to the good things you're gonna do in us and through us. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.